Welcome to EdMed Talks. I'm Dr. Adam DeVico, an educator. And I'm Dr. Jacqueline DeVico, a pediatrician. Jacqueline, guess what? It's season three. <laughs> yes, it is. We made it. Thank you all so much for your support through our first two seasons. We could not be more grateful for the uh, tremendous feedback and comments and sharing and all that kind of good stuff uh, with our first two seasons. And so here we are, season three. And uh, Jack, you want to kind of share a little bit what we're going to kick off season three, episode one with? Yeah, so season three, episode one, we're going to talk about chores, specifically children doing chores. Um, We're going to talk about the importance of them, setting age-appropriate ones, establishing routine, how to make them potentially fun, educational, bonding activity for the family, and then how to teach responsibility, financial or otherwise, through those chores. Do you have chores growing up? Well, yeah, I had the the basic chores of having to keep my room clean. I had the, um, oh, I had to carry wood. I remember my uncle would chop wood often, and I had to carry that back. Oh, I also remember. Jacqueline grew up in 1770, by the way. <laughs> they, had, they had to keep the, the one schoolroom uh, schoolhouse warm. In yes, the oven. Yes. I remember uh, having to rake the gravel or brush the gravel back onto the driveway when it got worn out and brushed oh, to the side. I could see, okay, I could see that one. So uh, Jacqueline's house she grew up in was a long, 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 long gravel road uh, off kind of the main road. I mean, I think it's got to be a quarter mile at least. I mean, it's long. And so. Yes, which for a Jersey boy is considered quite long. I imagine well, yeah. listeners in more rural areas, a quarter of a mile driveway is not incredibly long. All right. Well, maybe for some of you, but for me, it was always intimidating going back to, or to Jacqueline's house and seeing that gravel road, especially when it was snowing. And so, yeah, the chores, uh, I could see that being a good chore. I know I had, uh, I had the pretty standard ones too, making the bed and taking out the trash and cleaning the table and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure many of you listening had chores growing up and, uh, I've heard many people say that kids are not as used to or not as uh, interested in doing chores anymore, and I, I don't know. I, I, I think sometimes you get skewed by your own childhood, so maybe we didn't feel like it either, but I know we did them. So nowadays, present day, let's talk about the importance. Like, What is the importance of having your children do chores? Well, interestingly enough, I ask about this at most well-child checks, especially the elementary school age, uh, elementary school and middle school age. The importance of doing chores at home really helps children grow in their ability to take on more and more responsibility and also to show that they are an included and important member of the family. Uh, My spiel to families when I ask the elementary or middle school children about chores at home is, you know, the more and more responsibilities that you want to take on later in life, you know, you're going to ask for more privileges, you're going to be wanting to do more things with friends. The way you show that to your parents is to show them, hey, I'm responsible by doing these X, Y, Z chores at home. You know, we we had a a really good experience with this last school year. Our older son was in fifth grade and he he had previously been in an after school program for many years uh, because, you know, Jacqueline and I were always working, and it was just helpful to have him in the after-school program. And he said when he was in fifth grade, he said, I would like to just take the bus home each day. And, I mean, we were not opposed to that, but we also understood that 
the reality was if he was home, there was a good chance he would find screens to occupy him during that time. So we kind of cut him a deal. We said, all right, you can come home on the bus, but every day you are going to go through a number of chores. And we wrote him down on our dry erase board. And I'll tell you what, he really did a good job with them. He took it to heart. He, um, you know, every day come home and things were pretty much done. And I think he took some pride in knowing kind of like, here's what I had to do. And then he can go about his day. So when you are developing chores or assigning chores to children, one, you have to be specific. And it's interesting, when I talked about chores growing up, I mentioned, quote, cleaning my room. That is a very non-specific chore. And so while that can be a child's responsibility, when you're first implementing it, you need to have a discussion and say, when I say clean my room, what I mean is... Number one, your bed has to be made. Number two, there needs to be no clothes on the floor. Number three, these toys need to be put away. These books need to be on the shelf, etc. Children are not as often abstract thinkers. And so when you give them a broad topic, such as clean your room, they don't often know exactly what you mean. So the more specific details you can give within a chore, the better. Well, and let's be honest, someone's clean may not be another person's clean. Very true. As Jacqueline and I debate frequently, as we have very differing uh, definitions of clean in the house. Yes. Well, not only that, it's also important for your your child to understand what your expectations are, but also to have realistic expectations yourself. So, you know, a younger child, even honestly preschool age, let alone early elementary school age, can easily fold their laundry. Now, will the laundry be folded and put away up to the parent's standards? Maybe, maybe not. Your child, especially if we're talking about a four, five, six, seven-year-old, they're not going to fold clothes. They're not going to fold clothes as well as a manager of a department store folding nice fancy shirts. So having realistic expectations for children is also important, especially based on their age, and making sure you don't make them feel bad by refolding their clothes or redoing a chore that they did previously. And I'm staring at Adam at this yeah, because I know, I, he... I, know, I know you can't see this right now because you just hear our voices, but Jacqueline's staring at me because I may or may not have a history of redoing some of Jacqueline's. And we should define this a little bit. When when I made the joke earlier about different definitions of clean, I am definitely like the anal retentive OCD type A1 in the relationship. Like I have a very, very high standard, I guess. Yes, you um, do. <laughs> Of, of cleanliness and organization. And, and Jacqueline is a clean person. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, there's always going to be one person with a higher standard, and, and yeah. here it's yeah. me. Yeah. I argue in most, especially male-female relationships, I think I would naturally be the clean person, but not with you. You're extremely clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I admit it. So Jacqueline definitely gave me a stare when it was uh, the comment of not being up to the standard and redoing it. I, I sometimes may possibly do that as well but even as an adult that incentivizes me to not want to do that chore as much and um older you know if if a child sees a parent redoing something they're one gonna feel kind of bad about themselves but two they're also gonna slack off and probably not do it because they think oh mommy or daddy will just come behind me and do it again 
True. Yeah, man, she's playing mind games with me, apparently, <laughs> and she's winning. Um, now, some of y'all may be wondering, like, the chores that Ryder did, because I know, you know, there's many of you with those late elementary, middle school kids, and maybe you're thinking about doing some of the chores. So, Jack, what were some of the, the chores we had Ryder do? He Definitely, every day he had to check the sink, and if there were any... Um, dirty dishes, forks, knives, whatever. Anything in the sink had to be put into the dishwasher. If the well, dish first, he had to. If the dishwasher was run oh, yeah. and was the clean, he was had clean. to empty it first, and yes. that was maybe what in every couple of days, every yeah, few days, yeah. type thing. And then if there was anything on the drying rack in the sink or like next to the sink, he had to put that up. Correct. Um, let's see what else. He had to clean the garage once a week, sweep mm-hmm. out the garage once a week. Yeah. He had to uh, vacuum one of our rooms. Upstairs. One of our rooms upstairs each week. Uh, take out the trash and bring out the garbage can, recycling can, and then bring it back. Mm-hmm. So those are a few examples of things that um, he did. And so not everything was every day, but there were a few things that were daily check-ins for him as well. And so you know, it, none of those took a tremendous amount of time, but it it required that he did them and that we can come back behind him and check. Yeah, some other examples of age-appropriate chores could be, you know, helping along with kitchen prep, uh, having kids chop things for you, rinse off fruit, rinsing off grapes, for example. Um, my younger son, I always call tell Maddox it's his job to chop onions because for whatever reason, his eyes do not water nearly as much as mine do. So every time I need an onion chopped, I grab him. Now, is it chopped perfectly? No, definitely not. Are there some pieces that are three times the size of others? Absolutely. But again, it, it, this is about establishing responsibilities for children and accepting realistic expectations. It's realistic for an eight-year-old to help chop an onion. I think it's a pretty unrealistic expectation for the typical eight-year-old to have a chef-level chopped onion. But we did have, last year, Jacqueline and I hosted a German exchange student, uh, and she was in high school, and, I mean, she took on chores just like the rest of the family, and I would say she ended up kind of being our food prep person most nights. Sure. I mean, she, she loved cooking, and she was really good at it, and so she, more often than not, really helped out in the kitchen with the food prep, and so if you do have a teenager in the house and one that is capable of... Uh, doing some food prep. I mean, that's a great chore for them. It's also a really good chore for someone who's a picky eater. So the more a child is involved in the food prep, the more likely they're actually going to eat the food that they prepped. So when you are coming up with, let's say, a grocery list, getting their input, when you are chopping, especially fruits and vegetables, cleaning them, having the child involved in that process drastically increases the likelihood of them eating the final product. That's a good point. And uh, for those of you who are new to us, listeners, as listeners, uh, we do have an entire picky eating episode in an earlier season. So definitely check that out if you have a picky eater at home. Now, if you do have younger kids, you know, I'll say maybe younger than six or seven, um, you know, you could always find chores that they are A, capable of doing, and then B, turn it into a game, make it a contest. Uh, for example, raking leaves or uh, shoveling snow or something like that. I mean, who can who can get the most leaves in the pile or something like that? So, yes, it's helping out the house and the family by getting leaves up, but it's also something you can make a competition or a game. And kids love games, and we just disguise them sometimes <laughs> in in uh, the form of chores. And don't 
let a child's age drastically alter the chores that you're going to assign. Younger kids can be much more helpful than I think adults can realize. You know, I think it's very plausible for a preschool age child to, for example, basically do most of their laundry minus the actual probably they can't reach putting it into the washing machine or transferring it. But yeah. when it comes to bringing the clothes to the laundry room or wherever the washer and dryer are, putting them away, that is very appropriate for a younger child to do. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking now, like, why, you know, I've heard this from a lot of our friends and, ah, uh, yeah, my, I just end up doing it myself. My kids just don't even bother and this and that. And so, you know, I think of, like, the why. Like, why are there households where the kids are not doing chores and you know the my first inclination is that you know as the parents we're not setting the expectation or we're not making a routine or something that the kids can actually follow and so if you're looking to change that culture in your household think internally first and say you know what are my expectations for the kids to do it is there a routine is there a chart or a, some type of organizational format that the kids are following you know like what is my procedure and is it working because if it's not then you need to change it or to up your game with the expectations yeah that's something that we had to do after dinner for example uh, elementary school age children are perfectly capable of helping to clean up after dinner yeah. and we didn't initially have that expectation so i remember the boys would finish and they'd go and they'd ask for a treat while adam and i were doing all the cleaning up and then we realized like it became really frustrating to us that the boys would ask us to get treats or ask us to do things when we were still in the process of either finishing dinner or cleaning up and so that's where we had to change the environment and really set the expectation no you wait until we're all done eating we all help clean up together. Mm -hmm. And then after practice, the boys learned, oh, what are things we need to do? Either bring these over to the sink, scrape out the plates, rinse them off and put them in the dishwasher, um, refill up water bottles or putting pot, you know, putting things away. But I think about like, why did that happen? Like, it's our fault. Yeah, we let it happen. We Absolutely. Let it, we, we let it happen. They'd be like, hey, can I get a treat? Yeah, go. Or they would just go do it. And so Jacqueline and I definitely had to reflect a little bit and change our expectations. Yeah. And I will say, so yes, initially it was like pulling teeth. Oh, what do I have to do now? What do I have to do now? Because they could not look around and see what clearly needed to be done yet. And it took a little bit and it was definitely slower. But I would say now we're to the point, one, Sometimes, because the boys often eat a little bit faster than us, sometimes they'll start cleaning up before I've even finished eating. Yeah. Um, and they almost always know what to do or what needs to be done, which is a skill in itself. It's really important for eventually a child or a productive member of the household and society to look around and realize what needs to be done without directly being told. And I know this is, off, you know, not only a problem that... Are, something that happens with parents and kids, but also sometimes with spouses. And it's important to recognize, one, children aren't going to realize this right away, but two, it is a skill that can be taught. By the way, I was just staring at Jacqueline while she, <laughs> while, while she was saying that one. That was my turn to stare at her. So just, just saying, just saying. Now, you know, there's other chores that, you know, I think you could say it's fun to do as a family. And I use fun 
loosely because I know chores are not always traditionally fun, but you know, there are certainly things that you could do together that can turn into a family bonding or you know, just something that you could enjoy together. I, I can think of one now, well, Jacqueline's usually not a part of this, but the boys and I... <laughs> I knew this was going to be your example. What, with the car? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the boys and I have this little routine of washing Jacqueline's car. So we'll take it to the car wash. I don't know if it, I'll count it as a chore because it's work. And so uh, the boys and I go to the car wash and then after it gets washed, we, we each have our own little jobs and clean Jacqueline's car because otherwise it would not get clean. And so that's our like biannual adventure. We always do Mother's Day. We do her birthday. And then once in a while other than that, right? Yeah, yeah. usually at least a couple times a year. <laughs> yes. But it's fun. Like the boys, they, I don't know, they've, they've never complained about it. It's kind of like a fun little activity for us. And, and we've taken pride over it. So I almost want to say it's like a game too. It's like something where we're like, all right, how clean can we get mommy's disgusting car? <laughs> and so it usually works out pretty well. Yeah. And I will say our cars are probably where you can see the difference between our levels of cleanliness. I am a more cluttery person. So I will definitely have pens or wrappers nothing like gross or disgusting like food waste or anything sitting in the car but my car is definitely quite cluttery and so you know sometimes as kids get older and you have you know whether it's upper middle school or teenage kids you know sometimes you might get the fight back of oh well it's my room or my xyz so why do i have to do chores to your expectations when this is my living space yep and so (laughs) you could go back to the old adage of you know who's paying for the house but i think the more reasonable explanation is look this is just something you're gonna always have to do like you are always going to have to have some level of responsibility for you first and foremost and then your future house your future family perhaps and um you know instilling the we'll go back to the earlier points we made instilling these responsibilities and work ethic at an early age it pays off i think we all know people in our life who have that work ethic and if you ask them about it i bet they could trace back to their earlier days of their parents maybe having them build that up so I don't think it's a surprise when you find adults who have that discipline and work ethic and responsibility that we oftentimes desire in employees and, and, and businesses. Yeah. Well, and especially as children get older, they can suffer from, quote, natural consequences where their, quote, punishment is suffering the natural consequences of them not doing whatever activity, chore, et cetera, that was recommended. Um, a good example is uh, laundry. If your child needs a clean sports uniform or they run out of pajamas or underwear, if they haven't been responsible enough to stay on top of their laundry, guess what? They are going to have to sleep in their underwear instead of pajamas or they're going to have to wear a dirty uniform or not have the correct clothes that they need for XYZ activity. Something like that is a natural consequence to not doing the recommended chore. I think Maddox is about to experience that tomorrow because he has not done his laundry in a little bit and he's running out of his favorite clothes. So (laughs) we're going to see how that goes pretty soon. You know, um, one of the key discussion pieces of chores and and all this that we've been talking about that I wanted to kind of save till till this part in the the wrap-up section is the financial aspect of it. 
because uh, at the end of the day, kids like to make some money and there's a thing called allowance that many of us grew up with or experienced or are facing right now as their kids need money. And so, you know, let's spend this last little part here talking about the financial implications of chores and uh, how financial responsibility and, and how it ties all together. Yeah, so, so chores do not need a financial incentive. However, especially for certain call it kind of extra chores or things that aren't necessarily daily things, adding that little bit of financial incentive to the child is not a terrible thing. It can teach them fiscal responsibility. And let's be honest, most of us listening to this, we work. Would we do the exact same job for the exact same number of hours that we do if we didn't get paid? I love what I do, but no, I don't think I would work quite as many hours as I did if I was not getting paid at all. Um, And I'm sure Adam would say the same thing. I'm sure most of you would say the same thing. And so there does become a balancing act of, okay, do we do allowance or financial rewards or not? And I think the important thing is, one, having these set, clear, and consistent kind of changing or throwing, oh, I'll give you a dollar for this, $5 for this, et cetera. Um, That can just lead to failure later on because one child will say, oh, so-and-so got this, a dollar, so-and-so got $5 for this. Why do I only get $1, et cetera? And so I think Mm -hmm. being clear and consistent can really help if you're offering financial incentive for those chores. Yep. And so we have found, and I wish I could get some type of affiliate uh, (laughs) kickback for this, but I don't. Uh, Jacqueline and I discovered something called Greenlight and a Greenlight card. And again, we're not getting any uh, affiliate pay for this. So this is just out of our experience and something that we have really benefited from and we shall share it with you. Uh, So Greenlight is an app slash debit card Mm -hmm. that kids get and it's real money. So unlike what we used to do where Jacqueline and I were like scrounging for like dollar bills or $5 bills and trying to make change and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or trying to remember when we had oh, Ryder yeah. do those weekly chores, which yeah. were kind of above and beyond what his younger brother would do. So we paid him a few bucks a week. Uh, but trying to remember to do that was difficult. Oh yeah. There were many weeks where we just forgot. And then we'd have to figure out like how many weeks did we forget? And yes. uh, it was a mess. So green light, Again, it's an app. It automatically transfers money into your child's account. Mm -hmm. So it's a real-life debit card. Like, the kid actually gets a debit card. And uh, each week, there's an automatic transfer. So Jacqueline and I have our banking tied to this app, this account. And then it extracts the money, transfers it over. If it if we're low, we yeah. get a, you know, a notification. notification yeah. It does not pull directly from our bank account. We put we yes. have to purposely put money from our bank account into the quote parent account, and then the child's allowance or whatever you pay the child gets pulled from that parent account on Greenlight to the child's one. Yep, yep. Good clarification there. And I mean, there's lots of features on there. I don't think we really use it to its maximum potential, mm-hmm. but there's lots of lots of features. There's like check off lists and uh, or chore lists that you can create. There's videos mm-hmm. on like financial responsibility. There are savings uh, capabilities on there, so your kids can actually invest in things. There's ways to donate money for, if you're a kid. I mean, there's a lot of features. I would say we probably use it just for its basic minimum, mm-hmm. but 
the kids love it. Now, with all that being said, our two kids treat it very differently. Ryder, our older one, he's a spender. Oh, he cannot keep money on that account at all. Nope. <laughs> yeah. We used to, and I will tell you, we used to try to hold back and letting him spend his own money on things because of just the choices that we felt were not smart choices. Mm-hmm. However, I think we finally realized, hey, I think experience is going to teach him better than us trying to protect him too much. So we let him spend money on, you know, a lot of things they were in and then you know two weeks later he's like well I don't have any money I want this thing and I don't have money I want this thing and don't don't have money and hopefully that lesson will eventually stick that no you have to save money if you want to buy bigger things yeah yeah I mean so it's truly natural natural consequences Mm -hmm. uh versus our younger son who rarely spends his money and you know he's collecting it and and all that so um I'm sure many of you have if you have multiple children have different approaches towards it as well uh but all that to say you know if we're going back to what we're the purpose of this uh last part of the conversation is you know it's it's up to you and a family and your family your your um the adults if you're going to tie money to these chores like Jacqueline said it's not a requirement but it is an opportunity to uh, have your children learn some elements of financial responsibility and uh just money management as well. So again, thank you guys. Uh, as we wrap up this conversation on chores, we hope that it resonated with some of you and uh, maybe gave you a couple of ideas as well. Uh, Jack and I do not have, we do not claim to have all the perfect answers, but we, we are open to share our experiences and our uh, learning through being a pediatrician and an educator. And so... As we wrap up every episode, I always like to remind parents that there's no such thing as the perfect parent. However, you can be the perfect parent for your child. 